I think theology is for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. Unplugged. This is another special session that we're doing with Tad, Conversations with Tad. We're going to talk about the essentials and the non-essentials of the Christian faith. You have heard me talk about this over the years. I mean, nonstop. It is such an important issue. I'm actually teaching a class on it right now. Tonight, I'm going to be doing my second session, if everything goes well. But I'm going to be doing my second session. And I think it's going to be a 10-part series on essentials and non-essentials. You can come to that if you want, but you have to be a member of my Patreon. So go over to patreon.com, look for C. Michael Patton, and then you can become a member and see this class as it's going on. Eventually. I'll have this class up on Credo courses, just like everything else. But no theology unplugged music, none of the awesome stuff that we usually have because I don't know how to integrate it here very well, and I don't want to do a lot of editing for this. But we're just going to welcome Tad and get started. You guys all know Tad if you've been here before. If you haven't, here is Tad, and he is one of my best friends. I think he's probably my third best friend, maybe second best friend, maybe first. Sometimes he's the first because he's the only one who ever calls me anymore. Everybody else, I mean, nobody calls me except for you, Tad. Seriously. Yeah, well, I like I'm like, I, I have to call everybody else. Why is that? be your first best friend. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's, it takes a lot of phone calls. <laughs> well, we've been talking for a long time, Tad, about yeah. uh, this yeah. kind of stuff. And today, it's I good to see you, man. You look amazing. Oh, thanks. thanks. Whatever this weight loss thing you're doing, uh, it's working. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. If you go over to YouTube, I've got so many YouTube things, but if you go to YouTube and it's called Operation 200. Okay, all right. <laughs> and you know what operation means, all right? You know where that came from. Operation A, I mean, uh, Plan A, Plan B. <laughs> I swear that's where it came from. Are you kidding me? No, yes. no, I swear. I was like, there's nothing better than that. I'll tell that story someday on uh, on yeah, Operation yeah, 200. Yeah. That's for but you. <laughs> find Operation 200. You can see me uh, literally live losing weight. I mean, like right now, I'm yes. losing weight. I mean, it's crazy. But, but, you uh, look, but you look amazing. Your hair looks great. I'm sure you smell perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been worn out, man. I, it's just been, you know, you work, you're outside all the time, and allergies, and Texas heat, and uh, so sorry I look like this, but no, I'm, you, you I'm excited great. for this because we've talked about it, and I did, I've done, you know, I did some research, and uh, I'm gonna let well, you go. tell me about your research. Tell me about your research because I told you just to uh, check out essentials. That we're going to talk about essentials and non-essentials of the Christian faith, and you right. you just went out there blind. Yeah, looking for that. No so what did you find? Yeah, yeah. what did you find? I found uh, out what well one what they mean. Uh, I didn't know what essential or non-essentials meant. It, it, it and I, I want to know. Well, so I found out that I, I think the essentials that people are talking about. What I found is the essentials are to go to heaven. You have to believe in God. You have to believe that Jesus died on the cross and, and risen. And one other one that people kind of change, it depends on where you are, but it's, he walked on water or he didn't. And there was, but my question is, honestly, if he, if you don't believe in every essential, can you still go to heaven? Or do you have to believe in all those things? 
Well, all right. Now I'm going to put up a chart here. I wanted you to look at this chart. I want to distinguish between the essentials and non-essentials the way that I do. And then here's the deal, Tad. The reason why I'm teaching this course is because um, there's just it's such an incredibly important issue from not only a contemporary standpoint but from a historic standpoint. I mean, if you're if you're trying to figure out what Christianity is, you have to define it at its base essential level in order for it to be something that not only you're passionate about, but I mean, you got people that separate nonstop. I mean, you got churches on every corner, they're territorial. They don't like each other. They, they, you know, everybody else is going to hell type thing. I'm not saying it's, that's the way it is with everybody. There's a lot of really good places out there, but at the same time, it's like Christianity is the most territorial thing on the planet. And cause it's the biggest, I mean, we got what 2.5 million Christians, more than half the world is Christian. And, everybody uh, you know defines it a little bit differently and it's kind of like what is christianity what is the what is it what is the bare essential it takes to be called a christian and then the other things you can start to loosen your grip on and you don't have to divide so much but i'm gonna show you this chart real quick tell me okay. what you think okay yeah you're in charts yeah i love charts i love yeah, them I mean, clearly they're amazing here we go um, let me see if I can put the chart up. There we go. You and I are there. I'm going to zoom in on it. See, this is a concentric circle, as you can see. Mm -hmm. And then in the concentric circle, you have all different levels here. You've got in the middle, essential for salvation, right? Yeah. And then next level is essential for traditional orthodoxy. Then essential for denominate. I'll explain these. Denominational okay. orthodoxy. Then important, but not essential then not important than pure speculation. And so when we're talking about the essentials and non-essentials, we're trying to get zero in on this center area and figure out what is it. And the, the, Tad, I don't know, really know how to answer this very well, but whenever you're talking about this with regard to belief, it's a little bit easier. A little, no, 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 not easier. A little bit less messy than if it was like I was talking about it for practice. Because you say, what is it you have to do to be a Christian? Because that's what most people separate over. It's like somebody out there, you know, they're, they're uh, drinking, they're smoking, they're, they're doing pot, whatever else. And then all of a sudden you say, wait a minute, you know, isn't that an essential that you not do pot for salvation or, or what, what, oh, you asked me the other day, one of the best ones, you and Rhonda both, uh, Rhonda, your, your, your girlfriend, she, she said, uh, she was talking about going to church. And I thought this was a great question, especially with regard to this issue, because her dad, I don't know, if I, should I say this? Um, let's leave names out. Okay. <clears throat> I, okay. think, I think the message is the same. I think it's universal. I think a lot of people think the same thing. Well, okay. Well, here, here let me start here. Somebody that she knows um, believes that it's essential that you go to church in order to be saved, right? Well, and, and, and to be seen at church, but you're an asshole for the rest of the week. Yeah, I mean, and and yeah. you do things that it, 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 it's a hypocrite. I think you call it legalistic, but um, it's dude. That's been that's been going on for centuries. You know, people act like there's something on Sundays just to be seen in church, but the rest of the week, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it, it's a it's a tough question. I think a lot of people deny it, but this is why you and I are doing this. Is because I want to know the difference between a hypocrite, a legalist, and are they Christian? Just because they say they are. Yeah. 
Well, well, think of this, Tad. You you were back in Catholic churches, but in the Catholic Church, it is official in the Catholic Church. It is official. Uh, a mortal sin, one mortal sin, is go- missing mass without a valid excuse. And a mortal sin is something that'll send you to hell. This is something right. that takes you out of the graces of God and puts you in a state of before you even had the graces of God, and then back in the state where you're you're basically going to hell. That is a yeah. mortal sin. That's why you have to go and have these well, mortal, we have sins. mortal sins too. Huh? We have immortal sins too. Immortal sins? We have mortal sins and immortal sins. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Venial sins. They're called mortal sins and venial sins. Venial sins are the smaller ones. Oh, well, I mean, I hey, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's it, that's what they call the venial sins, mortal and venial. But in the Catholic Church, uh, it is a mortal sin to miss mass without. I'm qualifying it here just to make sure. I don't want to. I don't want Catholics jumping on me. I love a lot of Catholics, but at the same time, this is something that really significantly impacted me. Whenever I was discussing with all my Catholic friends, it came down to this, and I said. Listen, so what you're saying is you can live your entire life for God. I mean, whatever that may be, Mother Teresa type stuff, you know, selling all your possessions, giving to the poor, walking the streets, through India, whatever else. And then one morning you wake up and maybe you're in a bad mood. Maybe you're mad at God for some reason. I don't know. But you just say, I'm just not going to church. And you don't go and everything is wiped out. You're going to hell that moment if you died. And that's terrible to me. Well, it's kind of like the same thing as a baby not being baptized. Yeah. And they yeah. they get a hell because they didn't get baptized before they died. It's 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 not the same, but you get where I'm going. There's a lot of uh rules about how to get to heaven, and that's why I wanted to talk about this essential thing, or you wanted to talk about it, and I studied it up on it, and I'm like, a lot of this so if I don't believe that that we'll go back to this bush burning, you know. If I don't believe that, oh, the bush burning, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Okay. If I don't believe that happened, am I not going to heaven? I mean, do I got to believe every single thing? Well, here's here's what you'll hear people say. Certain people, not me, of course, but people say, if you don't believe that, then you don't believe God. Right. If you don't believe God, then you know you're not a believer by definition. Yeah. And, and, so, and if you don't believe that, that means that God's lying to you. I, I saw something on YouTube about that. If you don't believe the whole Bible and everything from the Old Testament all the way through, you know, Revelations, Revelation, sorry, uh, that, that you don't. Way to go, way to go, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned, man. I listen. So it, that that means God's lying to you or you don't believe the whole thing. And it's just, I, I just, there's got to be. There's got to be some gifts somewhere. Well, I mean, it's a relationship. I mean, think of it. You're, you're in a relationship you know with God. Last time you told me, you're talking about your relationship, Tat. Do you believe? You know, something like that. And uh, I do have a relationship. Remember when I talked about that? We talked about this? Because you're working really, really, really hard, man. I'm proud of you. But it was, you, you said, I have a relationship with God, but then there was something else after that. I can't remember now. I didn't watch it more than once, but, um, but you have to believe the essential, non-essential, the things you have to believe with a relationship. So, and that's when I asked you, can I believe my own way? You know, yeah. have to be, 
my own, I mean. But you talking then, about a long time ago when we were over at Tim's house? Huh? You talking about a long time ago when we were I was over talking at about Tim's the last house? podcast. Oh, <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, think of it this way, all right? And, and let's just boil this down. I mean, God is not, and you've heard me say this a lot, God is not petty. I mean, we're created in his image, and we understand what pettiness is. And sometimes we make God very petty, like, like, uh, oh, you, you've done everything right, but you don't believe in the burning bush. Sorry, you're burning now, you know, with that bush forever. And it's kind of like, wh what is the relationship? What is the thing that starts off a relationship? And whenever we look at this chart, the essentials and non-essentials, and we talk about the essentials for salvation, basically what we're saying is, what? How, how does God introduce himself to you whenever you first meet him type thing? Yeah. And then, and then if you said right whenever God introduced himself to you and he told you the very first things about himself and he said, I don't believe that, then that's one thing because here he is the very beginning of the relationship and you're starting off and you don't believe him. Right. But if he comes to you and he says, I am, I am Jesus Christ. I died for your sins and rose from the grave. And that's what you believe at that moment. Right then, you're, you're, the relationship has been established. I don't care what happens later on. You're going to fight. You're going to wrestle with them. You're going you're gonna, to you know, go through bad times with them. But it, as long as you still believe that stuff, then you still believe in who he is. You still have that relationship. And there's nothing that can be done to take that relationship away. I mean, do you think that God introduced himself to us or that our parents introduced us to God. Well, I think ultimately God introduces himself to us in order for us to How do I know about God? Like you've gone to uh <clears throat> where did you go? You went to um I don't know, some country where you went I can't remember where you went. It's like Croatia or something. Oh, Romania, Romania. Romania. Yeah. And you went to people <clears throat> in their homes and you, you saved a lot of people. I mean, dude, you're just amazing. But did God introduce themselves to them? They just weren't listening? Or did they not know because they weren't told? Well, ultimately, we're born in rebellion, right? We're born, the Romans says, Paul says, you are born at enmity with God, meaning you are born a, a hater of God because you were born with Adam. You were born under adam you're one of you're part of the adamic race adam's race and so ever since adam sinned everybody that has been born has been in rebellion against god and god introduces himself to quell that rebellion to stop that rebellion to make you change your mind about that rebellion now of course he may do it through other people but it doesn't mean that he doesn't have to be there and open your heart to understanding you can you can have your parents tell you about God all your life, and you might even think you believe it all your life. Then, whenever push comes to shove later on, sometime you know you're going through some type of trial, some type of difficulty, and you say, you know what, I really don't believe this stuff, and I never really did. There are there are situations like that, but the more trials you go through, the more pain you go through, and that's why I tell you, Tad, and we've talked about this a lot. All the hell you've been through over the last four or five years. And you're still believing. And you say, you've said one thing to me over and over again. Hey, Michael, I, you know, I may not know a whole lot, but I'm not leaving him. He may be trying to get rid of me, but I'm not leaving yeah, him. Yeah. And I'm like, at that point, that is incredible because that is that type of attitude. You taught me that just because of your actions and what you've gone through. I mean, I learned from you, man. Uh, 
keep, but keep, keep going with this. Well, isn't it expectations too with every relationship? You go into a relationship and you think, here's what I'm supposed to get out of this relationship. And then if you don't get it out of it, you know, here's the essential things that I want from you, God. I want you to make me rich. I want you to make me happy. I want you to give me a good wife. I want you to make my children all obedient. And then you, you feel like you entered into that relationship, that deal with God, that transaction. And then later on in life, you're like, you know what? He hasn't fulfilled anything. I don't even believe yeah, that. I'm the one doing all the work. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You've, you've entered under false pretenses at the very beginning. Yeah. And the only pretenses that we come to God with is this. I am a sinner. I suck. I fail. I, I cannot do anything good on my own. God, I have to have you. This is the establishment of the relationship. And then Jesus comes through and says, I'm the one who died on the cross. And I'm the one who gets you to the relationship with God. You know, uh, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There's only one mediator. There's not people. There's your parents, not, not anything. It's just Jesus Christ. And once you're introduced to him, and once you see, hear this story, this essential, this, this central part right here where it talks about the, um, the essentials for salvation, you say, okay, what is the most essential? And right there, square in the middle, is Jesus Christ. So if I was to remove this word, these words, essential for salvation, I could just put Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection for your sins, which basically says this, what is essential for salvation? You have to know you're a sinner and you have to know that uh, you don't even have to know how it fixes it. Like, I don't know how the cross fixes it. I really don't. I, uh, you, no theologian in the world really understands what happened on the cross that fixed that enmity that now Jesus came down off the cross, rose from the dead and said, now the relationship can be established forever because of what I've done. Now you can become part of my race rather than part of the part of Adam's race. I don't understand what moment. I don't know if it was the sixth hour on the cross, the seventh hour on the cross. I don't know whenever there is a, it was, uh, you know, for 10 minutes on the cross or for three hours on the cross that he was, he was taking care of whatever needed to be taken care of. But I know it was between him and God. He was on the cross and the father required the payment, just all of our sins. And, and that is what we believe. We don't have to understand it. It's just, there's something in us that says, okay, I, I believe this and I need this. It's not irrational. It's not, it's not, uh, taking a leap into the dark because it all happened and he rose from the dead and if he rose from the dead god something's going on there and so then that that's what we have is the essential for salvation so whenever i talk to people and they may i mean most people don't come and say you know i i just believe in jesus but not anything else most of the time whenever you're finally introduced to god you're like tell me everything you know i want to know everything just what's that introduced to god so that means yeah. somebody taught us about him right well yeah the bible says the holy spirit is the one who's responsible for introducing us to god ultimately because you got the father the son and the holy spirit christ is taught in john chapter john chapter 17 and he's the one the holy spirit is the one who will convict the world of righteousness basically convicting you whenever you realize you're a sinner and you say i don't know what to do about this i've got no solutions on my own that is the Holy Spirit at that point. Moving 
preaching. I don't care if it's your parents. I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's whatever. Billy Graham on TV. Um, it is the Holy Spirit moving within you at that point to convict you and make you understand, I am a sinner, and now I've got to do something about it. Okay, what do I do? So no one taught me about God. Why am I a Catholic? You know? Why are you... What? Say that again. Denominational. I mean, somebody directed us to a religion. Yeah. And that's all I'm trying to say. And it's it's not like, it's not an argument. It's just like, I, I don't know if I would have believed. I mean, like when you went to Romania, they didn't know. Did you not yeah. talk about the Romanians? You know, the, the, there's an introduction to God. And there's a reason that we have religion. Because someone's introduced us to something. Someone's teaching us something. You know, yeah, you're right. You're right, Pat. I mean, God doesn't come directly to people that I know. Of. I mean, maybe he has before, <clears throat> but even, even there was a story in Acts chapter 10 where Peter was called by God. God, he was asleep on, on the top of this house and God called him and said, hey, go to Cornelius and tell him everything that has happened. And then an angel goes to Cornelius and says, hey, Peter's coming and he's going to tell you everything that happened. And, you know, to me, it's kind of like, why didn't the angel just tell him himself? Or why didn't God just go directly? But he used Peter. And there's something about that. You're you're very right. God uses people. And if, if we are not, if we're not introducing the people to God, God's not stepping in and saying, man, I can't do that. I can't believe nobody's doing it. And, and I'm going to do it my own way. He always I mean, why uses have pastors, Why have sermons? Why have homilies why have anything if god's the one leading us we have to no, have no some... you're right you're right i see what you're saying now it's you're very right i mean it's always people it's always you to your neighbor it's always you to, to who you're close to it's always the influence that you have people see god in you they see that relationship and they see that belief in christ and that's how you're right you're very right that is how god instituted how how this we call it evangelism, how the gospel, how the good news is to be disseminated across the world. You know, he even had Jesus preach about God. That was his yeah. whole thing. So yeah. someone's introduced us. So, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with the Bible because I'm sure that's going to be all bad. But I'm just saying someone directed us somewhere. Jesus was one that directed a lot of people to God. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's all I'm saying. I just, I just had to get that off my chest. Really. No, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's just, it's just that that is that is the way it happened. I mean, God has used you for other people. He's used me for other people, and that's the way He's going to continue to do it. Yeah. Okay. I like God. All right, back to this chart real quick. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. You've got salvation, which are basically we're talking about. What it is that you believe whenever you first meet God. That's the way that I like to put it because I don't like I don't like quite so much saying this is what you have to believe, write down this list, and then after you're done, read the list and then believe it. It's just what everybody does believe right whenever they're introduced to God. And it it's all about Jesus. So if I could replace that again, I'd say the person and work of Christ. Well, who Christ is and what he did is essential for salvation. Everything else, I'm not saying it's up for Let's, let's all just get rid of everything else. I'm just saying these are the less lesser known things. And you may find people like, let's say, essential for traditional orthodoxy, right above it. It's very important. And I would put the doctrine of the Trinity there. Now, people would get really mad at me for saying 
wait a minute, are you saying the doctrine of the Trinity is not essential for salvation? I'm saying that's not the first thing God introduces us with. I mean, this is something later on. It's Jesus Christ he introduces us with. And it's understand what it means, but somehow he took away. And then all of a sudden we start getting all these other things afterwards. The doctrine of the Trinity, the doctrine of the inspiration of the Bible. the I mean, just tons and tons of stuff come afterwards. And sometimes you do have people that that believe the essentials, but have real problems with those things for traditional orthodoxy. Like I've had people before that have said, listen, I don't, I, and I'm going to get in trouble for this as well. I'm really going to get in trouble for this. I probably shouldn't say it, but um, I, I've, I've talked to a girl one time. She was at seminary. She worked with me at the library. So she was going through the same seminary as me, going through THM, which is basically the four-year program. It's a big deal. We talked for two years in the library about Jesus. And I'm telling you, there was no, she was from Burma. And there was nobody that I knew that uh, that was more committed to getting back to Burma, giving their life away for Jesus. She saw, she knew the same Jesus as me. And I mean, it was just, we had a relationship based upon Christ. And then later on, I found out that she was what's called a oneness. She believed in a oneness view of the Trinity, which she didn't believe that the Trinity was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, separate persons, but they were all the same person displaying themselves in different ways. Like I'm okay. sometimes a father, I'm sometimes a father, I'm sometimes a son, and I'm sometimes a uh, you know a friend. Those are three ways in which I express myself, and basically oneness people believe that that is the way God is. He's not three separate persons. And so whenever Jesus was on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, it may, he may have been saying that to himself, myself, myself, why have I forsaken myself type thing? Because you don't, one one aspect, the husband in you doesn't talk to the son in you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, as wrong as it was, it really messed me up because I was like, wait a minute. I thought anybody who denied the Trinity, my definition, not a believer. And I'm like, I, I started to struggle at that point. I don't have an answer for it now, Tad. I'm not telling you here's the way to go with it. I'm just saying there's things that mess you up that are harder to figure out. Like, if you and I believe in the same Christ, what he did on the cross, and what He what we are before him, that we need him, then these other things, while important, less and less important. The essential for denominational orthodoxy may be Baptists. They believe in dunking uh, for baptism rather than sprinkling for baptism. You see how that's less important, but it's still it's still essential for their for them to be a Baptist. Okay, so when you say we're talking about essential, not essential, <clears throat> does that go? <clears throat> sorry, from religion to religion. I mean, do some religions have essentials that are different than other religions that have essentials? Well, sure. I mean, every subject does. I mean, okay, so that's why topic because, I mean, whose essentials right? Well, take a building a car for instance, right? You may say, I think a V eight is essential for a car. You know, and they say, well, no, four inline four cylinders, fine. I mean, there are people out there that are going to disagree about things that are out there on the periphery, uh, the essential for traditional, for essential for denominational, but. What is a car? A car has to have four wheels, an engine, a steering wheel, and a seat. I don't know. Maybe that's that's the way I'd put it. But with every subject, there are essentials and non-essentials, not just every religion. You see what I'm saying? 
Yeah, but you're looking at cars. That's an analogy. That's a pretty, that's a really that's a really good analogy actually because you know some people like Chevy, some people like Ford, some people like Toyotas, some people like Mercedes and BMWs. And sometimes but they'll, they'll, they'll die for their things. beliefs. Huh? Sometimes they'll die for their beliefs. Because, you know, of course, Camaros are the best by far the best car. And you Man, know that. Just because you think it looks like a Batmobile or something. I mean, that's why you like Camaros. I mean, I don't know. I, have like, I have like Camaros. When I, you know had a, uh, when I met you, you had a Cutlass. <laughs> that that thing was, was a sweet car. 1982, baby blue. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was awesome. And you, had, you had a Mustang, but that's okay. I, I like Mustangs. They're just not as good as Camaros. No, no, I had a convertible too for a long, long, long time. But, I remember uh, that. Yeah, I might not have known you then. I got that '72 Granville convertible that I had forever. Oh, was that, that the one parked in the garage that didn't run? No, that's no. Wayne. Oh yeah, no, that was okay. Yeah. That wasn't me. My, my car ran. <laughs> but that's well, what I you're mean, saying, though. it's kind of the same thing as religion. And uh, you, the engines and stuff like that. That that was a really good analogy. Um, yeah, everybody's got a different brand. Well, the problem all, is that the well, problem is that you you bring up a good one whenever you talk later on. People really do think that you know their their peripheral issues, the ones that are far out on the edge. Um, you know, it's important but not essential, maybe, or maybe not important or pure speculation. Sometimes those those are the things that define a church. Like you could go to a church who says, I believe in traditional music and that is it. I will not play anything but, you know, old gospel music. And then somebody comes in and they want to play with a guitar. And then all of a sudden they are heretics and they're kicked out of the church. And there's a new church that has started and there's just division and hatred based upon that. And there's things that are, that, there's things like that throughout the entirety of the church. And once you realize it's, it's most of these things are personality issues to where you lean, but we all, we all unite around. Okay. So I'm going to go, look, look, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to go to a place that I don't know. Um, you can edit this, right? Yeah. If need be. Yeah. So I went to a funeral at a, a Baptist funeral from a guy that I knew that was gay. Yeah. It was uh, the way the preacher was talking about him that this guy's already gone, right? He, uh, it got really awkward to where I left because I was like, he's still a person. This guy believed yeah. in God. He was just gay. And yeah. I know this is that, I mean, I don't know where we can go with this, and maybe it's a different podcast. But when I start thinking about different brands and stuff like that, I mean, if you believe in God and Jesus and the whole thing, why does it matter what kind of person you love? I mean, I don't care if they're blue. If someone's happy and they love somebody, that's a lot better than the other than the alternative. You know what I mean? Where does it say? Does it say in the Bible? Because I thought that Jesus or that Adam ate an apple and you convinced me that there was a fruit and we just been taught it was an apple. Does is there a spot in the Bible that says gay is wrong? Yeah, there is actually. I mean, it's like, I mean, here here's the deal, Ted. You're gonna have to put this in a different perspective as well and try to understand it from this perspective. Number one, being gay doesn't send you to hell. I I do not believe that at all. Um, I think it's it's one of those things that we 
that God will deal with us if he deals with us. It doesn't make it doesn't make it any less wrong if it really is wrong. Just like as you, as you can see here, you you distinguish these are two charts. You got belief and practice. So you got the belief. What is essential to believe in order to be a Christian over here? And then over here, what is essential for the Christian life? And that one is I can't define this one practice because people people practice all kinds of things that are unchristian that they don't believe that they believe differently from. And so if I was, if you were to say, what is it that sends you to hell from a practice standpoint, I would say absolutely nothing because Christ died for everything. Even if you are a, a sinner and you're doing all kinds of stuff that is against his will, then that this has nothing to do with it. It's Christ, his death and his resurrection. And then he'll deal with us throughout our lives, getting us to be what's called sanctified. It's, it's, I know it's a fancy theological term, but sanctification is becoming more Christ-like. That is our life. Belief in Christ is what gets us saved. And then later on, we become sanctified all at different times and different levels. Now, whenever you're talking about somebody who is, who is gay, you do have to look at it from this perspective. And they do too, because maybe I'm right. Okay, just, just do this. I'm not sending anybody to hell that's gay. I'm not even saying I'm a better person because I got plenty of stuff that I do that is just as bad, all right? I'm just saying that what if, what if being gay is a violation of, I mean, even, even atheists say this. I mean, atheists from the standpoint of what it takes to, to make human, humanity flourish, being gay is the worst thing that can happen. It's the anathema to an uh, atheistic worldview because it stops humanity from flourishing. It stops humanity in its tracks. We don't have any population growth at all whenever that happens for obvious reasons. And so you have that from over there. But on the Christian side, what if God says being gay is, or not being gay, let's say the act, the act that you take part in whenever you are gay is against his will. It's not what he originally intended. And it is as much against his will as other things that are against his will. I mean, like you could say, and I know this, this is a comparison that people make all the time. And you're putting me on the spot, Tad, because I have to make this. But it's what if it's like bestiality, you know, where you are sleeping with an animal. Like seven lives with five dogs in their room. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But bestiality is much different than me having five dogs in my room. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't receiving know. sexual pleasure from my dogs, you would think this is something odd. Now, that, that won't send me to hell either. But at the same time, it is against God's will for me to do that. And so what you do as a Christian is you're trying to find God's will. You're trying to find what it is that he wants for us if that is against our will. Because my will may be to to, uh, you know, do all kinds of things that are evil. But at the same time, if you're saying, I believe God and I want to do what, and he comes to you and says, hey, Michael, this is what's right. And you say, no, I'm going to do something different. That's what we do. You know, we we rebel against God. Things that, that are against his will. will. You, you're, you're the one saying will all the time. And you got a son named Will, by the way. But, yeah. or Lindsay does. <clears throat> no, I but do. God gave us free I, will. I, I do. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> um, but he gives us free will. And so do you think the, I mean, uh, we'll get off this topic in a minute. I'm just curious. 
that there should be like it's gay pride month okay so it's kind of on my mind i know this is driving you insane right now but and we're talking about essentials and non-essentials i'm just curious if you think that like i'm not going here i'm talking about no, go there go there go 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 should they have their own religion I mean, do they, what would their perspective be? How do they explain their way out of the Bible saying that? God's saying that in the Bible. <clears throat> do they explain their way out of that? Well, sure. I mean, what you, what you have to do is you have to do like I would do, you know, whenever I'm trying to do something against God's will. I can always worm myself out of God's will. I, I, know. Can, I can always take God's word and redo it. I can redo <laughs> it and make it fit to where I'm not, I, I whenever I so I don't feel so bad about myself type thing, you know, and it's it's well, you're perfect. <laughs> no, you know that I'm not. So, <laughs> so, you, so, you, so you look at the passage, say, in Romans chapter one, where it says uh, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own justice the due penalty of their error. They are and sleeping with each other and, and uh, it says um uh, having their passions towards each other, and then also women with women doing the same thing. In Romans chapter 1, this talks about the decline of man and uses this as an example of how bad man has gotten uh, to where men with men are burning in their passions toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts. Re Leviticus chapter 17 says the same thing. You, I mean, in the law, man shall not sleep with a man as he sleeps with a woman. A man shall not sleep with a dog as he sleeps with a woman. That's Leviticus chapter 17. In 1 Timothy and in Titus, it both say says uh, uh, homosexuality is wrong. Now, whenever I say that, I... I'm not saying this in the sense that if you if you are one of these, if you are a homosexual, if you do sin in such a way that you're going to hell, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that I have to say that it's wrong because the Bible says it's wrong. I can't just pick and choose what I want out of the Bible. Now, that doesn't make me a believer either, Tad. You may say, well, what if I pick and choose what I believe out of the Bible? I'd say in the end, as long as you're picking Jesus Christ and you know that you're a sinner and you know he died for you, you're going to be in heaven but is the ultimate goal to get to heaven or is the ultimate goal to be like god whenever he created us and said hey i want to give you everything i'm sharing with myself completely and if you as long as you follow what i'm saying you will get the best out of life you don't have to you can go get the worst and it doesn't mean you're not going to be with me but at the same time i'm giving you free choice and it's kind of like there's a decision that we make to try to do our best to follow him even though we fall on our face non-stop Okay. I know it's hard today, Tad. I mean, look at We both have, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, but is that an essential or a non-essential? If you go across, if, if, if you cross that line as far as being gay, is that, you know, we, we talked about the essentials. You have to believe in this, this, and this. Is that a non-essential or an essential? Well, if I'm saying, what I'm saying is right. And you're and people that are committing the act. I'm not saying being gay. I'm not saying same sex, sex attraction yeah. is is bad in and of itself. I'm saying committing the act, going and making the move, and saying I'm I'm going to go sleep with this guy, marry this guy, whatever else it may be. If you do that, is that something that is so bad of a sin that uh, that Jesus couldn't have covered on the cross? Right. That's the question you have to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm asking. So let's just say I ask that question. There's not a sin on in the world that Jesus didn't cover. There's not. Okay, I mean, there you go. 
There you go. Jesus died for King David, who saw Bathsheba sitting out on the on the terrace whenever he was out uh, getting some air, and she was ne- uh, bathing naked, and his passions overwhelmed him. He went and took her, slept with her, got her pregnant, then took her husband, sent him to war, the front lines of the war, so that he would die. That guy, that guy is King David, who was a man in the Bible, self-described. I'm not calling him this. The Bible itself calls him this. God himself calls him this to Samuel. King David is a man after God's own heart. The only person in the Bible that it said that about. A man after God's own heart. And he did all that. And right. so there is not a sin on the planet that Christ okay. cross cannot cover. Okay. Even, even willful. And here's, here's the thing that I, I, I think is important. Even willful disobedience, whenever deep down you know it's wrong, Christ still died for that. There's not a point you can get to where you're so far away that it's like, okay, I'm finally out of his family. No, because whenever he died for all your sins, it was it was all it's all in the past. They have already been placed upon him. It's done. Now our deal is not trying to get saved. It's not trying to get to heaven. You and I are not trying to get to heaven, Tad, by doing this. We're trying to be more godlike because we actually believe that we're created in the image of God and that to be more godlike is actually better than to be less godlike. But I still think the goal is to get to heaven. But it's, uh, I think. Well, what if you've already attained that? You've already attained that. I mean, Christ says that the person who believes in me has been saved. He doesn't say will be saved. It's once you believe in him, you have been. It's past. So you're already. Basically, from the standpoint of God, from the standpoint of history, you are already in heaven. So you and I are shaking hands in heaven. That's right. We uh, are. We are there. Okay. No, we may have. We may have different. I mean, I'm not saying there's not rewards in heaven and things in heaven that we get to. That, I mean, it's better to get to heaven being more like God than less like God. That's the only yeah, thing. I was yeah, yeah. And I think that's. I think. I think most people um, feel that way. You know, and, and you know my story, and, and, and I keep saying this one day we're going to tell it because I think it's a pretty good one because right now everything's good. But uh, I'm going to wait on this. All right. We're up to 45 minutes anyway. I think we've at least started this topic. and Yeah, let's, uh, let's stop at 40. But you, you do understand this, right? You do understand that uh, to believe – the essentials is, I don't care if you're Catholic. I don't care if you're what you, what denomination you are. If you have actually trusted in Christ, you believe that you, you believe that you are a sinner and you said, I have no other way except for you. Then it's done. It's done. We are already brothers and sisters, period. I don't care what you play, what kind of music you play. I don't care what kind of dumb things you believe about mortal sins. I feel sorry for you because I don't want you to believe that a mortal sin will send you to hell. That's a scary thing. I mean, Christ did more. He did something to make it to where you do not have to believe that you you do what's right, not so that you can be saved, but because you're so grateful for being saved. That's the only motivation we have to serve God. The only motivation is because we have been saved, not so that we can be saved. That is if you trust in Christ. If you don't trust in Christ, here's what I'm telling you out there: you are in your sins. Period. You are. You're basically saying to God. I'll take care of this myself. And God's basically saying to you, okay, I'll let you. And it's not a fun thing. Let Christ take care of your sins. I'm telling you. I mean, 
Well, that's where it got all bad, and that's when you you were talking to me about guys off that petty, and because I told you, you know, I've I've had an amazing life, and and uh, what I've learned um, over the last few years is the people that have the less give the most, and that most people want to help people. Like everybody's got, I think, Christ in them. You know, I think there's there's people that are just angry, and there's people that are this and that. But if you go into it meeting someone thinking and looking for the best of them. Uh, you know, I've met people, I think I've told you this, I was in, uh, I was in a group and it, like, if I don't like somebody, it's like somebody likes them. So what's wrong with me? Am I missing something here? So I'll take them to lunch or I'll do whatever. I've been, I've got to figure out why, what's, you know, there's something about them that I'm missing. And I think that's how most people are. I haven't really met evil. I've met evil probably a couple of times, but other than that, everybody, everybody's nice. Don't you think? Well, yeah, I think what you're saying here is basically everybody. I mean, you think about it. If everybody's created in the image of God, it doesn't matter whether you trust in Christ or not. You're still in the image of God. Okay. And you, it's still a crazy thing. I mean, out there people have, I mean, I know there's people that are completely evil and, you know, overwhelmed by it. I know that I'm evil in my own, in my own way. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about in the sense that that it's just, you know, we have been created in the image. Even James, the book of James says, don't ever curse somebody else. I mean, if you're going down the road and you're flipping them off and saying, hey, why are you driving that way? Be careful with that, James says, because what you're doing is you're cursing somebody who's in the image of God and they're special simply because of that. So we have a we have a generic real respect for everybody because they are godlike whether they are believers or not they're godlike i want them all to go to heaven i want them all to be with me forever i will tell them this message about christ until i die but at the same time i will respect them because they are in the image of god and i think that's what you're saying they yeah, are and it, it, it took me uh going through just literally misery and depression blah 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 to figure out everything that you've been telling me for the last 30 years, but I had to go through it. You know, I just thought it was all about me and you know how we were. And, um, it took me a long time to figure out God and, uh, and how he, he does this stuff. My mind is going a million miles an hour right now. I'm sorry. That's no, not, no, that's fine. Hey, you just blew my mind. You don't understand how happy it makes me, though. I mean, I swear to God, I swear to God, whenever I told you a long, long 25 years ago that I had a sheet that I kept in my car right, right beside me that had your name, and I prayed for you every freaking day. And I didn't pray for you just in the generic sense because it was like, uh, you know, I'm praying for all my friends. It was because I know Tad, and there's some, I'm, and I don't mean to say this because you said, like you said, there's something about everybody. But I know I've always known there's something about you. And I always thought to myself, God, if you could just get a hold of him, I'm telling you, it's going to be so much bigger than getting a hold of me because he's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, And I mean that just in the sense because your personality and because what you can do, what you've been through and somebody that changes, that's able to change that much is a lot, is a lot more significant in the eyes of the world than somebody who changes a very little. And for you to go from where you're at where you were at to where you've been going is just amazing. It really is. And that's because of Rhonda and you. Yeah. I, it truly is. You know, oh, I know. I know. I, we need help. I mean, God was there and uh, we'll talk about this on the next one, but how many times I prayed and yelled at him in the fetal position, you know, saying, what do you want from me? 
But what did he do to you doing that? Look at look at this. Here's you at the other end of that. You're on the you're in the fetal position, yelling at God, and on the other end of that, still in the fetal position, but believing in God. I think it's yeah. a lot better than him coming in saying, "All right, all right, I'll fix everything," and then yeah. you say, "Okay, now I believe in you." Here's you at the end of the fetal position, still in it, dogs licking your sores, still having all your problems, and it is it is you're still believing. That that's the, the I mean that's what the Bible does say. It talks about the trials of our life, the difficulties of our, our life will affirm our faith more than anything else. Because if you're still believing at the end of it, you have the real faith. But if you say, "Hey, this thing's not for me," you know, I I've been going through hell. You, know, you would call me a lot, and I know we're gonna go, but um, maybe we can do another one real quick. But I uh, I just kept saying, I want to see how this plays out because you were worried. You had Jared come find me. You were. Wanted yeah. to pay my phone bill just so you get a hold of me, and everyone was kind of worried about the. Oh, this would be a good topic actually about me just kind of offing myself. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I just kept telling you, I want to see how this thing plays out. <laughs> and uh, remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad you did. Wait around. Let's keep on waiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, man. I love you. All right, bro. Thanks so much. Thanks everybody for watching. If you have been watching, see you, Tad. Um, Make sure that uh, you you uh, subscribe on YouTube if you're on YouTube, or if you're on Spotify, go over to YouTube, check it out, because like I said, on YouTube at Credo House, you do have the option to be able to see us, and it's just beautiful seeing our faces. It really is. I mean, it's amazing. You'll 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 see the glory of God right there, but uh, and also you'll be able to see my uh, my awesome charts that I always have. Uh, don't forget about that, and um, also check out the Patreon page and become a member so that you can come to the class tonight. It is tonight as I'm recording this, but it's actually Tuesday nights. We have coffee and theology, and uh, we'll see you then.